Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Rodri's looking at Pierce as he jumps in. And he's found his way to Palmer, tries to find Rodri again, does so. He's got Lockyer behind him on this occasion, forcing him backwards. Palmer, Palmer chip ball into the box, Brownell's in now, takes a touch and scores. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Forcing him out wide. And now he'll hug the corner flag and there's the final whistle. So it does not get any easier on second listening. Good evening, welcome to Charlton Live. Uh, we're coming to you live from the valley, not in the Charlton Live studio this evening, we're actually in the trust office because the studio is being used, so bit slightly unusual circumstances for us uh, this evening, but I hope you're getting ready to enjoy the show. On tonight's big match preview, we'll be looking back at last night's horrible, horrible defeat at Ashton Gate against Bristol City and of course looking ahead to Saturday's trip to West Bromwich Abbey and my name is Louis Mendes joining us in this room is uh, over on my left hand side Nathan Muller how you doing Nathan? Living the dream yeah. especially if I've got a beautiful man next to me yeah. as well as you Lou as well as you yeah. a man who needs absolutely no introduction but I'm going to have to give him one otherwise no one will know who he is um, a special guest inside the studio Valley Pass commentator is Mr Greg Stubbley how are you doing Stubbers? I'm doing well mate it's yeah. uh, very nice to be back I was going to say nice to be back in the studio but it's nice ah. to be back somewhere in a <laughs> what ticket office? Is yeah, we saw we saw about the back of the ticket office. Um, so basically, the, the studio, the the trust have set up something something with a live band this evening uh, in the studio in the room next to the studio. So for that's going to be too loud. So we're using the spare room. So yeah, we're getting used to our uh, surroundings. But yeah, I mean, we, we got to talk about last night's defeat at Ashton Gate. And I think um, I mean Nathan, you you summed it up quite nicely. Uh, when you when you send a text message to the to, to the little group chat that me and just just as as a favour to everyone because I know everyone would want to hear what the text message said. Do you want me to? No, 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 no. Yeah. I've I've done it for you. Oh, have you? I put it into a, a text to speech uh, little contraption. <laughs> so let's have a listen to what Nathan's reaction was when that goal went in. C- Absolute c- filthy. C- 
you didn't. I mean, Nathan sort of summed up summed up how we all felt about. I can't that. believe you just done this. <laughs> um, I mean, it's got too much time, isn't it? Stubbers, you were there, and they battled. They play. They played. They played some lovely football at times. Against everything went against them with injuries, with insane amounts of added time. It, we got to ninety-seven minutes in. We thought we'd done enough for a point, and then a lapse of concentration. And Brownhill goes through on goal and scores. And Nathan Nathan summed it up nicely. Yeah, I thought Nathan summed that perfectly. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> that's probably one of the things about doing commentary that you can't do is uh, react the way Nathan did, and that's. Sometimes a shame, I must be honest. Um, but yeah, I, f- I actually thought you summed it up perfectly when you what you said there. I think when you look at the game as a whole, any team that comes away from home that has injury problems going into the match and then loses two players in the first 30 minutes and still should have come away with something is a huge testament in itself. I think had we not had those injuries in the first half, I know that's very... You know, had very much looking at it in hindsight, but had we not had those two injuries, I think we would have gone on and won. I, re- I really do. Mm. I think the first 30 minutes up until those injuries, Bristol City looked fairly good going forward, but I thought defensively they, they did look a mess. And I think, um, especially with the early chances we had in the second half, I thought that, that, that showed. Um, the real shame was obviously not just coming away with, with nothing, but it's also this ever-growing injury list, which... Mm. We can't seem to shake off, not just this season, but the last few seasons. And in the past, it's been a case of, okay, we've not had the, the bodies to come in and, and replace them. This year, we we do. And yet, at the same time, they're still picking up these niggling injuries that we can't do anything about. I mean, mm. Phil's challenge yesterday was so innocuous. It was just a clash of knees, if that. It's almost and the, way, it, the way they fell into each other after, yeah. the, after the challenge. I mean, yeah, I mean, we haven't even mentioned yet, and we will talk about it on this evening's show, and Johnny Williams is now going to be out for, mm. for two months, which is just another disaster that gets added onto the list. And we saw Sam Field and Jake Forster-Kasky both limping out of yesterday's games. They both looked like bad injuries. Uh, saw Sam Field leaving in an e-brace after the game. Uh, Forster Kasky has a hamstring injury, which always, always are at least a few weeks, and he's been <laughs> so unlucky with injuries himself uh, over the course of the last the last couple of years. I mean, before that Sam Field injury, the first what was that twenty five minutes, half an hour? Yeah. I mean, we were so in control of that game, yeah. and we were enjoying the majority of the possession. You know, I'm, I'm not saying this through rose-tinted glasses. I mean, last night there was there was a, a full BBC commentary team there. Yeah. Andy Rowley and Leroy Rossinho. And Le- I mean, Leroy Rossinho, I think, played three games on Nova Chump. He's no major Cholton fan no, or anything no, like that. Sure. He's, he's there as a neutral. And he was he was lauding how well Cholton were playing in that first half and then how they reacted at the start of the second half as well. And yeah, the game got open, but we were giving as good as we were getting. And once we took the lead, I, I genuinely thought we we're going to go on and win this game. Yeah, I think the game being open actually, I think, suits us weirdly. I think as a back four, we, we, we are generally quite solid, or back five at times, we're generally quite solid. And we have the pace on the counter-attack and the box-to-box midfielders such as uh, Gallagher and Cullen to cope with that. And I think that, that kind of suits us as a team. Um, but I, I totally agree with you. I think largely in the first half was was fairly even. I, I thought as an away side, we, we dominated the ball a lot better, played a lot better with it. Um, probably didn't create too much in the first half, but certainly I went in at half time just thinking, you know, we just need to settle into this game um, as, as with those injuries now. We've got the players to replace them. Let's just settle in this game. And second half, we went for it. And, you know, that's what Lee Bowie is about. That's what his side's about. That's what happened at Wembley. We could have settled for to go to extra time and, and play Sunderland then, but we didn't know we're going to go for it. And, you know, Bowie had made a bold decision to bring on Chucks and EK late on in the game as well. And it was clear we, we sensed that the game was there for the taking. I mean, given what happened, there's going to be a lots of, oh, we should have done this, should have done that. But ultimately, anyone who was there would have told you that that, that game, one, we shouldn't... <laughs> We'll take you to Andy if you want, mate. We'll, we'll pause the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, one that we... I mean, a lot of people say we should have come away with something. There'd be those who say we should have come away with all three points. Yeah, well, going into that added time, I remember thinking, well, if we're going to see this out, I am actually going to be genuinely disappointed that we haven't won it. Because, yeah. I mean, the, the, the chance that we had at the start of that second half in particular, you know, Macaulay Bond uh, had that effort where he cut in from the left-hand side and, and fired one that, that went just wide. And, and I mean, once you take the lead... 
Uh, I mean, let's talk about the goal first because it was a first start for Kaya when he was heavily involved in the ball. But I mean, what on earth was that? Bristol, <laughs> that Bristol City goalkeeper thinking comes herring off his line. There's absolutely no need to do it. No. But you give McCauley Bond a sniff and, he, and he's going to take it because that was a really difficult angle for him to put the ball in from and he still managed to do it. The, the thing I was most impressed with, I don't know how you guys felt, but the thing I was most impressed with of that was um, watching it live at the time. My first reaction is, why is he not? going in for the challenge it looked like he was backing out of the challenge and I thought he, he, he was just expecting the goalkeepers to go and clear it however when you watch on the replay and obviously what happened next you just see he's actually a little bit clever he waits for the goalkeeper to dive towards him and then he just dinks it past him he just calmly touches it past him and for me that's a sign of a, a striker not only confidence but a striker who's, who's capable of scoring goals at this level it's a, it's a player who's got a lot of maturity and it's for me only getting better and better and that was no easy goal. I mean, like you said, what on earth was a goalkeeper doing in the first place? I don't think anyone was available in the box. Bond was fair. He was, was, was wide. There was Bristol City defenders on the cover. Um, I just think the goalkeeper just thought he was just going to skid off the turf and he was going to be able to clear it. But fair play to Bond. It was a weaker left foot as well. You can't remember that. It wasn't an easy finish. It was mm. weaker foot and he just managed to get in the net. Uh, and that just came off the back of two unbelievable sitters from Bristol City down the other end which we were sort of saying oh, how earth have we got away with that and down the other end Bond goes and scores so um, it was a crazy passage of football that yeah, and it it was so exciting as well. I mean, the game the game as a whole in the second half, I think, was was really. I mean, in terms of excitement, and maybe not quite quality, but in terms of excitement, it was up there with the with, with the Fulham game. Uh, in my opinion, I mean, if you look at the goals we conceded then, Nate. I mean, you, you've seen it on highlights. I mean, the first one, the the only the, the only main perhaps where we could have done better is the fact that the, what led to the throw that led to the goal was actually that the ball fell to Solly inside the area and now he's put it straight out for a throw but you can see watching back the highlights he turned around and said well no, no one's giving me a shout because he had so much time in the, in the penalty box there if someone had given him a shout time he would have controlled that and played it out and we wouldn't have conceded the throw but then obviously you know uh, uh, I think Pierce's just been beaten to the header and then it's looped up and it's Deju who, who's managed to, to nod it beyond Dylan there. And it's, it's just, everyone's just going to look, oh, if he just got there before that or if he just knew to deal with that ball, we would have got away with that one. Yeah, it's a difficult one really because obviously Souls was on the bench and he came on, didn't he? And, um, but yeah, like you say, the communication is quite uncharacteristic because we're usually quite solid, usually really organised in, 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 in a back line and it was disappointing to see it. But, you know, it does happen sometimes. Um but then when that happened, I thought that the impetus was going to be with Bristol. And when I was listening to Tell and Greg, it didn't actually seem that way. It seemed like we got a sort of foothold back in the game. But um, yeah, it was disappointing. But, you know, it happens. And, and like Bo said in there, which probably a later is, you know, we just got to learn from it really and just mm. uh, tighten up for Saturday because it's going to be another tricky one. Yeah. Just just on that equaliser, one of the things as well that, that probably perhaps wasn't spotted was uh, when Solly cleared it, um, Chant were just trying to reorganise. They actually went to change shape. And uh, I think they were going five across midfield, or there was certainly an indication from the bench that there was five or something, maybe five at the back, practically dropped in, so it could have been that. So if you watch the goal back, when I, th- I don't know who crossed it in, it might have been Brownhill, but when he picks it up, he's in acres of space. That's because John were actually trying to reorganise, and Bristol City managed to get the throw quickly, get the get the ball quickly back to the, the throw and taker. So it's, it's so unfortunate that that happens, and we're just trying to reorganise, just trying to change our shape, and then mm. the eventual ball comes yeah. in. I mean, now, oh, oh, and we'll, we'll talk about the red card in a minute but the, the winning goal I mean yeah not much to talk about there really uh, but the, the, the winning goal when it when it came down to it I mean the, the disappointing thing about that is 30 seconds earlier but I guess it shows that we were going to try and win the game it's 30 seconds earlier Conor Gallagher had the ball in the penalty area down the other end and he was clearly trying to make something happen it didn't come off for him now some people say well you know I would have taken a point but at the same time if he had gone to the corner at 1-1 against 10 men I, I can guarantee we'd have we've had people arguing about that so it's gone down the other end and again it just looks like you know we haven't been able to stop the long ball in and then all of a sudden uh, Brown Hill's on the wrong side of the defence and I mean you, you're disappointed to be beaten by a long ball over the top at any time but a tiring defence after what's been a real battle we're into the well, it's the, the 98th minute of the game we'd already had what 5-6 minutes of added time in the first half so we played a hell of a lot of time there the players were out on their feet and it's just a lapse of concentration and all that good work that they'd done throughout the 90 minutes was just wiped out in one absolutely agonising second. Yeah, I mean, going back to the to the original throw, which which went to Gallagher, um, again, it's that mentality of this Charlton team, they want to go for the win. So 
Uh, I'm, I'm with you. you. You can't really blame them for for trying that. And he, he was actually really unlucky. He got the ball back three or four times, and he had about six bodies around him. Um, I actually initially thought when that clearance came in, it went up to Rodri, um, and Rodri looked as he went into the challenge with Pierce. And I know referees are supposed to give a free kick when you jump and you're looking at the defender. And you're not playing for the ball. Um, and I was fuming at the time, thinking that was a, an obvious foul that went against us. I know that was <laughs> there was still a lot of football after that. The ball went back to Palmer, then switched it across. But it's those little fine margins that went against us last night, and it's that little bit of quality as well from Palmer just to get his head up. I mean, that ball was outstanding. Mm. It was best pass of the night. Um, the touch from Brownhill, I initially thought was outstanding, but watching it back on the replay, he gets slightly lucky actually. He sort of as he toes it to himself it sort of hits his chest and comes down nicely I mean any, any other time it could have gone up in the air it could have could have gone down and trickled away it's just it's a great thing it it's just one of those games wasn't it of fine margins yeah. I mean you look at I mean you look at other chances where we could where we could have had a, a second goal or, or had scored mm, before yeah. so we've already talked about Bond's chance sort of the start of the second half I mean there was one early, very early in the game where it was a deep cross where Gallagher I don't know if he was caught in two minds whether to go for goal with a header or, or play it back across and then that effort from Darren Prattley. I mean, yeah. if he just put oh. it ever so slightly more towards the, the corner when Brown, when the, the goalkeeper had mishit it out to him, it was a glorious hit volley from, from Prattley and the keeper's, in fairness to him, done well to atone for his error. I mean, it was just fine margins all night. And like I say, another night, Bristol City would have scored that open goal they had or Dylan Phillips wouldn't have pulled off one of the two or three great saves that he made. We, did, we just had an email in there, actually from uh, John in Hastings. He said, it's great to discover you again after some 20-odd years listening uh, to you last uh, on the radio when I lived in London. That would have been the, the previous Charlton Live or the Charlton Chat. Uh, shows before our time but yeah uh, we, we're sort of still the same thing I think um, <laughs> uh, it seems to me that the amount of extra time added on to the end of a game whether we are either defending a lead or a draw is becoming more and more excessive on average five minutes and with this latest game last night being eight plus minutes what are your thoughts on this uh, keep up the great work avid listener now and look forward to every broadcast that's from uh, John in Hastings yeah cheers for email John yeah I mean it, it partly goes to show that because we get so many injuries there is a lot of injury time I mean a lot. I saw a few people asking about that two extra minutes because six was originally shown. But in that time, I mean, Anike and it was Brownhill, wasn't it? The scorer mm, had yeah. a clash of heads that saw them both on the floor for a while, um, and obviously then there was the goal after that as well. So, I mean, it, 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 that game just never seemed to want to end. I mean, I, I assumed once those two players had gone down with a head injury, I assumed Nate, that the game would just sort of ease out there, and that's probably why it was so painful because you thought we'd got the point that we that we at minimum deserved. Yeah, did deals get booked for time wasting? Yeah, deals. So I don't know. See, I don't know. That was harsh, though. Because if you're a ref, if if you if you put six minutes and then you know you time waste, I I do wonder if they'll go. I tell you what, my watch is going, but I'm going to add a little bit more one. Yeah, just just for the liberty. Dylan Dylan got booked for time wasting five minutes from the end, so Mm. that wouldn't be included. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Yeah, obviously the injuries. And Ek and Bond were both booked for time wasting during the game, though. Yeah, during the added time. That's what I mean. So I don't. Maybe a ref does do that, but. It is quite frustrating when you see six minutes and then 90 plus eight goal goes in. Well, it's not when it's you, but when mm. it's the other way around. Yeah. But it's frustrating. Yeah, I, I, when six minutes went out, I mean, put it this way. We had two serious injuries that took some time in the first half and only five minutes were added on. And that, that took some time in the first half. So my initial reaction was going to be, it's going to be another five minutes. And you're right, we had three players booked for time-wasting. Mm. Um, Dylan's was very harsh I thought um, yeah, that, Bonds didn't, perhaps didn't was justified and then EK got booked on the basis that Johnson saw him kick the ball away and Johnson basically ran on the pitch almost and mm. was screaming at the referee which um, to tell in particular on commentary with me did not, did not appreciate mm. um, but I thought it was harsh to go mm, sick because like, usually, usually they'll say like refs will Sometimes they might add twenty or thirty seconds per sub, right? Yeah, but we yeah. had two in the first half. Yeah. So, so then that, that can't be. There's, there's not. That's why I when I was listening, when you said six, I was trying to think maybe the clash of heads and maybe I just lost track of time. But it wasn't four minutes, was it? There on the floor. Well, um, but also you had the red card, which I suppose they'll try and use. But the red yeah. card was was pretty much solved within within yeah. a minute. It wasn't. It didn't take that long. He went over to mm. the linesman, and the, it was actually the linesman who, who spotted mm. the kicks. Mm. So I don't even know if the referee spotted himself. Um, but yeah, overall, I, th- I thought it'd be five minutes. So I thought six was harsh, and then the clash of heads obviously mm. took it to the eighth minute. Um, and again, but this is the thing. This but is we'll the get fine. Some, we'll get them now. We'll, 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 we? This is mean? the way football works. You know, we'll get a ninth minute winner, and mm. we'll get something similar in, in our situation. I'm, I'm sure four seconds from the end at Wembley or something. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I try, I, the, what I'm trying to take is in pos- in terms of positives from last night, and there, there were plenty. And that's why I found, I, I found a little bit surprising some of the way. 
some of the messages I've seen mm. after the show. I mean, we've even got one in tonight. And, you know, I mean, uh, James, who we know well, came on a bike ride with us. He said it wasn't good enough last night. We allowed the game to be open, but we are mm. still uh, doing great overall and need to get behind the boys on Saturday for a tough game at West Brom. We missed Williams last night as an outlet. Chance for some others to step up and stake a claim uh, for a regular place. It's, it's, the, and again, when I put last night on Twitter at full time, that I thought, you know, the addicts could hold their heads high after a dogged yeah. and, and actually not it's not like we just went there and we um we were just difficult to beat. We went out we played some great stuff, yeah. some really nice stuff at times. I mean the goal was a great move. There were some lovely passing moves in the first half. There was some good moves in the second half that led to chances. I mean we haven't even talked about the one where I think Gallagher squared it back for uh, for for Bon and his shot was charged down. Not long after he scored, it was a one and one as well that was charged down. I mean, we created chances last yeah. night. We didn't take them. That's the main problem that that you can come out from last night. And then the lapses of concentration from the defense for, from the goals we conceded. Yeah, I was surprised to be honest when I saw the reaction. I, of course, I get the frustration to begin with to concede in the last minute. I mean, you only heard Nace reaction earlier as, as to what, <laughs> what it felt like to be a, and, and what it felt like to be there as well with the, with the fans and the manager proper giving it some, which is a little bit bizarre for me. Uh, but anyway, I I couldn't understand understand this the questioning of work rate or effort because we've got to remember the situation we're in right now and and, and to be honest we are in as a club still you know at the start of the season with what we had and what we had to bring in we, we're bringing in players who are very very young you know Leco himself is only twenty you know Gallagher's nineteen we've we've got to remember these things as well and then you're bringing on Darren Prattley and Chris Solly who to be honest needed the rest Solly you know with his knees is not really someone who wants to play Saturday Wednesday or Saturday Tuesday whatever it is and he's coming on and, and starting at in, out of position at left back trying to get his team over the line and you've got Darren Prattley who's <coughs> probably been my player of the year so far. Um, or at least one of many, um, who again could probably do with the rest, but you see him in the 90th minute, still charging down, still pressing, still working hard again, coming into the back three. Um, you've got Macaulay Bond, who's, who's had to be patient for his chances, and he's still working hard up top come the end of the game. And you can only see the frustration and, and the comments on Twitter from the players and, and managers as well. That This is a squad that you, you can't, you can't fault the work rate and you can't fault that performance yesterday for I'm just, I'm trying to, I don't know if there is differences between and I don't normally say this because I think it's a fair thing if you if you watch the game on TV that you tend to get a good view of what happened yeah. but m- more so the people who I knew were at the game last night they certainly seem more positive about it Albert Rossi's just tweeted in saying Lou I was at the game last night I got to say we don't fit anyone in this league come on you Reds and and we didn't play with any fear yesterday and that was one of the I mean so many things went against them yesterday but every like anyone who was there I mean uh, after the game it it took us two hours to get out of there because it's it's, uh, a lot of work to do after the game in terms of typing up about a bloody injury list but (laughs) I I finally got into the pub after and normally after two hours my mates would have calmed down a bit but my mate Ben who comes comes on a show now he was just devastated he could hardly speak he, he felt so hard done by that we didn't come away uh, with anything from that game. Now, let's talk about that red card, Nath. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I've played football with you and I've seen you putting it through <laughs> meaty challenges. But, I yeah. mean, you, you know a red card when you see one and that dead you there. I mean, Pierce has gone in for a fair challenge, won a, won a free kick. He sort of sat on the ball and the lads kicked him two or three times. Mm, and yeah. how apparently, according to Rich Caller, I haven't actually seen the majority of Lee Johnson's oh, post-match yeah. comments. I've only seen one bit, which we'll talk about in a sec. But apparently Lee Johnson reckons it's not a red card. Yeah, no, because he was saying that he, the ref didn't see it and the, apparently the fourth official was going, red, 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 really like... Well, I hate to break it but to Lee Johnson, was... but he's part of the officiating yeah. exactly. team. And so is the line. The, line the last, the last kick, yeah, the last kick. Like the first two, I looked at it. I was like, all right, you know, maybe he's going for the ball. That last one where he's just launched it and you could tell... The third one was the worst because you had Gallagher, Souls, and Prattley go mad. And people don't do that unless no. you know people are taking liberties. And also, you actually watch that back and look at the Bristol City players. I think even some of them are like, whoa, mate. What <laughs> right, come that, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, you're Who on your cornflakes, mate? <laughs> I, think the, the, I think you might have got away with it with the first kick. Yeah. The second one was like, oh, come on, mate. And the third one was like, what <laughs> are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I thought it was, a, I thought it was yeah. an easy red card. Yeah, easy, It'd be interesting easy. if they appealed out of the panel. Surely not. It's an easy decision for the red referee to make it Elliot I just I just realized Elliot tweeted in just before the show saying please make uh, please don't make me think about last night can't you just talk about the playoff final for 90 minutes again? enjoy that mate <laughs> <laughs> that's why you tried to bring me on yeah uh, 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 Ev James says we didn't punish Bristol City we had long periods
periods of dominance, but on the opportunities we had, we wasted. Prattley was so unlucky. I'm so frustrated with Lecco, but he's okay. I think we'll get a great result at West Brom. We're a good side, and we march on. So let's talk about Lecco, because I mean, I noticed he was one of the players who got a lot of comments last night. I mean, towards the end, he was gone, and I said it like... Physically, I was probably a good thing he can't play on Saturday against his parent club because he was knackered, he was knackered and he was blowing yeah. and he, his energy had gone. Um, I mean, decision-making, obviously, with Lecco is something that we talk about a lot. Um, and I think last night, obviously, there was a few instances where he didn't get it right. But I still think there was times when he ran with the ball and helped to create chances. So I, I get he's a hit-and-miss player, but he certainly seems to be one that has rolled up a lot of fans recently. But he's your bog-standard championship winger or championship winger-striker, like... Uh, you're gonna get players like that, and, and Bowie was quite open in saying that when he when he signed him on loan. He said, you know, this is gonna be a player who's gonna who's gonna flatter at times, who's gonna who's gonna win you matches, but he's also gonna be a player who's gonna frustrate you um, because of the injuries we've had. We've had to play him a lot more than I, I think we were perhaps planning to. I think he was gonna be a a player who's gonna start in certain matches and then be a bit more impactful off the bench, but. Um, there's certain games this season where he's dominated and been outstanding. I think Red in a way he was he was great, got the goal and was excellent. They couldn't do, they couldn't deal with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's been games this season where you have seen that decision making come <laughs> come at its worst. Really, I think yesterday was an example. As you said, he was tired, but the second half was, he made some good runs and then would cut back or then get it onto his right foot and he's got three or four bodies. But this is why he's on loan. This is why he's come away from West Brom because they, they know there's a player there and they've gone, right, we're going to send you, get first team football. And, you know, this is a player who this season will, will be important for us and, and deserves all the support we can get. And, yeah, we're going to be frustrated by him and we're going to have times where we're, we're not going to think he's good enough. But, there are going to be these games where he's going to take the game by a scruff of his neck and we're going to go, actually, there's, there's a decent player. There. I think like Bo's already said when we signed him, then he? he said he was like, yeah. what, a maverick or a wild card? Wild I think card, wild card, yeah. what he said. And I think that you do need those now and again. You do need someone who... I think was it the Brentford game where he played? I think, did he was he the one who crossed it in for Taylor for Brentford? Or? Uh, Forest, Forest, yeah, uh, Forest yeah, yeah. yeah. So like games like that, that he yeah he can. But he reminds me. You remember like Lloyd Sam? Yeah, he'll have. He'll do one one amazing game and Callum Harriet. Like yeah, yeah. But that's what wingers are like. You're never yeah. going to really get how many consistent wingers in the world do you have? No, it's so. Not only if you're a consistent winger, you play in the Premier League. Exactly. Week in, week for me, it's the the biggest thing with wingers is do they work hard and I think yeah. I think Lecco yeah. does personally I think defensively he does get caught out at times when he is yeah. tracking Just back his and game yeah. game re- he's, he's reading the he's, game isn't he? he's, he's twenty he's, he's twenty you know what was he's... I doing at twenty oh god you don't want to know no. that's <laughs> a live after <laughs> Uh, right, Paul, after dark. Paul Griffiths says come on everyone calm down we were unlucky to lose yes. that game remember people on Twitter where we have been for the past few years and where we are now keep the faith in the team and in Lee Boyer right let's have a listen to what Lee Boyer had to say uh, after yesterday's uh, devastating <laughs> defeat at, uh, at, at um, Bristol City I caught up with the Addicts manager after the game and he said he cannot believe that his side came back from that one empty handed I thought we deserved to win. <laughs> like come away with nothing is it's hard for the lads, you know. Um again I can't fault them. Like they give they give everything. I thought we was a better sign, especially for seventy minutes, seventy five minutes. Um they they changed their shape, they they matched us up and went to the diamond and even then I thought we were still better than them. But we have to I said to the lads there, like we have to learn from this because we have to be more ruthless. The amount of chances we had first half all got into so many good areas and we just didn't punish them. And, and they're a good side, you know, so I, I thought we held our own today. For me, I, I thought we was better than them. Uh, obviously, they're going to have chances. They're at home, they're going to create chances. Dill makes a couple of good saves, but so did their keeper. He, he, made, he made more good saves, I thought. So it's come away with nothing. I'm, it just seems that everything was going against your side with two injuries in the first half and having gone into the lead and then Bristol City getting back into it you must be proud at least of the character that those players who are still out on the pitch show this evening yeah but I know I've got that they give me that every single day in training and every time they step onto the pitch they're a great bunch you know so um, yeah I feel from today we're, the problem is we're rapidly running out of numbers um, Johnny Williams not good had to have an operation yesterday on his knee uh, Sam's not looking good there that, that, that ain't looking like a good one either 
um, yeah, we're running out of bodies for sure. You mentioned that that injury to Williams. I mean, it's early stages. Obviously, if he's only just had the operation, but are you, are you looking at a number of weeks out, months, days? Or? It'd be minimum, I think, of uh, a couple of months. So, it's minimum eight weeks. Had the operation yesterday, so we'll see how long. And then, obviously, then we've got to get him fit. So, yeah. Disappointing because he's, he's been doing really well for us, Johnny. He's been flying. And so, yeah. We're, it's, it's tough for us. It's tough for us at the moment. And, um, again, if, if we win today, we could have gone what, joint second, I think. Right for the, the lads, I'm so proud of them. There, we deserve something from today's game, and, and to come away from nothing, with the, that's that's why we've got to learn from this. In this league, this is what happens. You know, if you don't take your chances when when you create them, then you always give the the, the others a, an opportunity to come back into it, and, and that's what happened. You mentioned Sam. Sounds like it could be quite bad. Um, what about Jake as well? He had to come off in the, in the first half already playing out of position and now you're going to have to chop and change again. Yeah, uh, hamstring, uh, Jake. So it can be a few weeks, I guess. Um, yeah, we just can't get a break at the minute. You know? <laughs> uh, but it is what it is. We keep, we keep battling on and the most important thing now is, is our recovery because we ain't got long. Oh, obviously West Brom played yesterday so they've got an extra 24 hours recovery than us and that's going to be tough to go there you know so uh, most important thing is to recovery and, and get ourselves ready for Saturday and missing another body of course and Leke can't play against his parent club but I mean look, looking at the positives tonight you talked about some of the football that Charlton played and carved them open another great goal from Macaulay Bond and you can show that even with everything going against your side they can still go out there and play yeah um I said to him before the game, like, be brave. Uh, we, we played the diamond today and I said to him, like, be brave. You're going to have to be brave and if you move it quick, then then we, we, we will create chances and that's what we've done. The problem was that we didn't bloody take the chances and we didn't we, we, we didn't pick the right pass at, uh, at the right time. So, you know, decision-making let us down today. And uh, there was a nasty incident that's led to the red card for the Bristol City player. It looks like Jason Pearce took a... A nasty kick while he was on the floor there. Did you have a view on what happened from where you were up in your lofty position? No, I was very high up there. Uh, so, no, I, I, I didn't see what happened. Um, yes, it's, it's not my player, so... Yep, red card and he's gone, so that's... I couldn't see from where I was. Desperately scrambling around for some good news on the injury front. Lyle Taylor's been vocal on Twitter the last couple of days saying he, he seems to have some sort of news from a, a specialist or something. Can you add any more to that yet? Um, I, I think Lyle can start... Well, he's, he's come out of the brace. So then uh, I think we can start maybe doing a bit of work with him. But obviously he's still still way off yet. So, uh, again, there's still more like weeks, weeks away, so... Um, yeah, I think he's just excited to take that brace off. I think he's been driving him mad. And uh, you mentioned the game coming up at West Brom on Saturday. You know, we know they're, they're an excellent team in this division. But we saw what, what Barnsley did last last night. They went there and played well at the uh, at the start of the, of the game and got a, got a, a, a decent two 0 lead in the end. And you know, you try and take some heart from the fact that Charlton have gone and played bigger teams this year as well and and got results as well. Yeah, obviously we we go there and and, and we try. Um, I know the players are giving me everything. I have no doubt whatsoever. So uh, we're, they've got strengths, they've got weaknesses, and so have we. So I would have liked, I would have liked the the extra twenty four hours recovery. But like I said, it's, we can't change that. So uh, we'll go there and we'll give everything. I have no doubt. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Cullen trying to take his man on. 
Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers header. And it's Charlie. Yes! Oh, it's in. It's in. Oh, it's gone. Oh, Patrick Barr. The absolute German beauty. Woo! Dreamland. Charlie have scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it all. Gets in. Come on. What a time to be a hero. Here at Wembley. Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here, the big match preview coming to you live on your first evening or via the podcast afterwards. I just realised we've got a superstar, the man who said, we've done it, oh we've done it, <laughs> oh chill, we could have done it if we tell. Uh, do it again, Stubbers. No. Uh, Dreamland! <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do it when we get to Wembley this year, yeah, we yeah. get a 96th minute winner against Bristol City. Lovely oh, stuff. And yeah. then we can do the same to the old media oh, crew so, as well. So if we were to get a 96th minute winner against Bristol City, do you think that would be better than... Than sex? Uh, right, so Bristol City <laughs> Twitter last night put out an interview with Lee Johnson after the game, and it has the most bizarre ending. And it basically is it's a it's fully a chat about a game of football. And at the end, the guy just went, you know, you said it was exciting. Was it better than sex? And then Lee Johnson just looked at him like he was an absolute mentalist, which he is for asking that question of a football manager. Yeah, it was, it was so bizarre. I mean, as, as I mean, Louis, you're, you're someone who interviews Bowie every week. <laughs> imagine uh, imagine Bowie's face. Imagine if, if Louis said that to Bowie. Yeah. Louis like, would not have normal eyes; he'd have one hanging off the side of his head. I'd get it if he asked it to Carol, but like, <laughs> Carol who? Oh, Carol Fry. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I was like, who's Carol? I was like, but Carol Fry. Oh, yeah, cool. There we go, right. <laughs> and that Ferris. was at Bristol City, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, Ad- yeah it was. Yeah. Oh, no one knows about that. <laughs> Adam Ferris uh, tweet, uh, messaged in, I really hope that the Bristol City manager gets a similar ban to Boyer, seeing him constantly outside his technical area, shouting in the faces of the officials, waving imaginary yellow cards, and a wonder he got his way with the ridiculous six minutes of added time. So frustrating as the boys played so well uh, with two injuries in the first 30 minutes away from home after a Saturday uh, turnaround. Only slight disappointment I felt was Anike, who I felt didn't do enough when he came on. So many positives uh, to take into the next game. Well, considering the, the injury crisis we're in at the moment, I mean, there's probably a fair chance that Anike will get started on Saturday. Uh, what, what did you make of his, of his sort of cameo la- last night? He didn't really have... The, the, the problem with Anike is his biggest strength is the ball at his feet. When it's not at his feet, he's... Not the best at tracking back. And he'll be the first to tell you, he's probably not the best at tracking back. He's not a tackler. Um, he's not someone who wants it towards his head. He's, he doesn't want to, you know, he's a, he's a tall lad, but he doesn't want to compete for headers. He wants the ball at his feet, the ability to run with the ball at defenders. And um, when you come on as a sub, you sometimes get those opportunities and you sometimes don't. When he came on against Reading, the game was so open that the space was there for him to bring the ball forward for Cholm, and he was superb. Um, Stoke as well at home, he was excellent, got his goal. Um, but we've we've seen, I think we've seen the best and the worst of him so far this season. It's again, he's another one a bit like Lecco's. It's just you're seeing a bit of inconsistency, and you're automatically changing your opinion of him game by game. Um, will he start against West Brom? I don't know how fit is he. I, I, I don't well, know. Because the only thing is, Hemed's not there. Leko can't no. play. I mean, Bon will obviously start, and mm. Bon's looking looking good. But I mean, will we have a number ten role? Ostuma's the other one, I guess. But I just wonder if we'll be a little bit defensive to start with. Maybe line up with um, have Saar, Pierce, Lockyer as your three centre halves, and then have Prattley just in front of them. You could have a really defensive mm. formation. The problem, the biggest problem we've got on Saturday for me is is left back. I mean or left wing back I mean there's talks that Alfie Dirty's being recalled is that because we need him to start is that because we want him on the bench there's it's got to be a reason for that um, you know if we are going to play four at the back does Chris Solly play left back do you move Deji Oshelaja across but you know they've they've played a lot of football Deji hasn't played a lot of football you know how's he going to recover Chris Solly has played a lot of football how's he going to recover from Wednesday night playing again you know there's a lot of questions there for me the, the, the problem with Chuck starting is if if he does start with obviously with McCauley you look at the bench I mean Josh Davison was there yesterday who have we got to change a game if we've got yeah. to chase it if we're 1-0 down 20 minutes to go we haven't got that little bit of impetus. Whereas if you like do what Greg's in, go a little bit more defensive, try and... and maybe then that, that is going to be Aaron or 
or Chucks and Ego yeah. could come off the bench. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, we need to talk about the injury crisis. I mean, we haven't really mentioned Johnny Williams too much, but you know, rumour was going around last night uh, on Facebook and, and before the game, and then obviously until anything's official from Boyer, we're not going to come out and say, "Oh, Johnny Williams is definitely out." But then Boyer did come out and say it last night, yeah. two months minimum. You heard it on the interview there. I mean. What a blow! Because uh, he's just gone from strength to strength. You know, leading leading the championship assist table at least one point this season. He was playing so well on Saturday against Derby before yeah. before the injury, and then it, again, it's another one that seems so innocuous. He was even able to get up and have a moan at the referee about the the foul he'd given away before he then went down again. Tried to play on his knee, kept giving away, and he's had to have an operation. He's going to be out for two months. That's a huge loss. Jake Forsikaski had a horrible injury nightmare last season's coming. Found a place in the team at a left wing back or even left yeah. back, which. He was last last night and performed well. He's out now for a few weeks because the hamstring. Sam Field, who's been brilliant for us uh, last night, again he was he was really finding his feet. He's gone into an absolutely nothing challenge. Injured. He's going to be out for a while. It looks like a nasty one, according to Lee Boyer. There's, there's so many more. Um, Hemed's out. Um, I, I've even heard that Amos might be out, which yeah, is yeah, why Maynard Brill was on was on the bench. Yeah. yeah, so Amos is going to be out for a while by the sounds of it, possibly. Uh, I mean, it's incredible what's happened. I mean, uh, Bob Liscombe's tweeting in saying, is George Lapsy out? As far as I know, yes, he is. Yeah, he's um, Hamed, Hamed yeah. was out last night. There's, yeah. there's so many. I mean, like I said, we had this Josh Davison, who, with all due respect to him, we never heard of him t- a week ago when he signed, before he signed from Enfield Town. I mean, it is a real crisis. It's one that we always seem to have at his club. Um, it's one that's always going to happen when you have a slightly smaller squad, you're going to feel it more. And Bay is really having to try and chop and change and desperately try and scramble together to put 11 men out at the moment. The problem is as well is the players who are fit, and I've alluded to it already tonight, um, Chris Solly, someone who's had long-term injury problems, can't play Saturday, Wednesday, or certainly doesn't want to play Saturday, Wednesday. Then you've got more experienced players like Darren Prattley and Jason Pierce, who perhaps... I mean, Piercy less so, but Prattley in particular probably doesn't want to be playing Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. I mean, it's it's not it's not good for his, you know, not good for him throughout the season to play like that. Um, and that's the problem with the championship is that it gets so brutal in that respect. I mean, last season we'd have probably had to play during the international weekend. I know we there was a couple of weekends we didn't have to because we had enough um, players away on duty, but. Usually in League One, League Two, you don't have to play so many midweek. I felt like, especially towards the end of last season, I didn't think we played hardly any midweek matches, which suited us, um, especially as we had a small squad. Um, but yeah, this season just and not. I mean, there's a, there's a there are a couple of groin and hamstring injuries, but you look at some of them like Fields and Williams in particular. It's two challenges. Like I wouldn't be surprised if it's near enough the same injury because mm. it was the same sort of challenge, wasn't it? Really, I mean, yeah. Williams was apparently guilty of a foul for that. <laughs> I thought he got the ball, but um, yeah, they're similar injuries. And then, you know, we we've taken we took a punt on Williams, and we know what his injury history is like. But I I felt like over the summer he became a stronger player. You know, I think beforehand with Palace and certainly with the start with us, he was picking up these little injuries like he's missing the odd game because of a groin problem or hamstring problem. When you get a knee injury like that, that's that's not something you've done wrong. That's that's just oh, it's just a freak. The same as last luck. year when yeah. he had problems with his shoulders. I uh-huh. think he had dislocated shoulder at Sunderland. I mean, that's that, that's not yeah. a fitness thing. That just happens. It happens to me. And Force uh, Kasky as well. Someone who before last season was. Well, he played pretty much nearly, nearly every game for us. Mm. He played the whole season. Ben Amos started every single game for us last season. Suddenly, he's got this potential injury, and it's it's like it's players who are fit and players who are playing regularly who, who seem to just get so unlucky at the moment. And I feel like this club is some sort of curse. <laughs> Going mm. back to Clive Mendonker and Andy Hunt, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. it's just bizarre. I'm sure. It? I'm sure every club comes and goes through and says it at some point. I feel like we feel like we have a lot of injury. It does feel bad. Yeah, it does feel... The, only, the only person I'm really worried about getting a groin injury, of course, is, is Lee Johnson. Yeah, I mean, if he's if he's yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, just before we start to look ahead to West Brom, I mean. The the only thing that that we can say as a positive with these injuries is you know you triumph through adversity, Nath, and we have seen that last night. You know when those two players went off, when, when Samfield and Forster Kasky went off last night, and I did think it knocked our rhythm a little bit. Well, then at half at half time we we probably sat there and said, well, it, what's happened here? So we bought on Solly to play at left back out of position when Forster Kasky was out of position anyway, and we bought on Prattley to replace Phil. So we've pretty much gone back to. You know, huge disappointment with the injuries, but like for like changes in that situation. And then we've gone and played well again. So, I mean, Bayard has been able to find 
some motivation still within his squad and to keep keep the morale up when things have gone against them. Yeah, because I think all the players know their um, <clears throat> know their roles and what they've got to do. I just think the problem with the two injuries yesterday, mate, it's just towards. I think we said it off air. It's towards the end of the game. If you had another sub there, we could have sort of wasted a bit of time and you know try and shore it out a little bit. But we didn't have any more subs after Nico went on. So, but yeah, it's. It's difficult, but everyone will come in. So even if Alfie does come in, you know, yeah, he's going to be inexperienced and in terms of, you know, championship football or even League One. But um, they'll all know that, you know, Bo and Jack, I'm sure, will get them all ready and they'll all put a shift in. They know their jobs and they work on the shape and stuff like they did um, all last week when they were saying about the derby uh, formation. So, yeah, they'll all come in and they just have to patch it up because I don't think Matthews is fit either, is he? No. So, yeah, again... I keep forgetting he exists to be <laughs> yeah. fair to the lad. I feel so, bad just... he's only played one game. But, yeah, that's another one who's out uh, injured. Right, just before we start to focus a bit more on uh, West Brom, uh, I need to bring you a uh, bit of information from Kenny Wilkins, uh, who runs a, a club shop here. Uh, don't be fooled by the rocks that he's got. He's still Kenny from the shop. Um, <laughs> uh, Lyle Taylor is in the club shop on Friday between 5 to 6.30. You can go down and meet him. Are you going to go go and meet him, Stubbers? Give him to uh, sign your chest. I've still got... Kenny used to referee my uh, five-a-side matches, so uh, he, he gave a couple of penalties away against us. So I still need to go and see him and have a word about that. Me, so there you go. I'm can, not surprised he's put you to me there. The descent as well. Well, you can kill two birds with one stone there. You can go and meet, meet Lyle Taylor and, and have words with Kenny in the club shop on Friday. So that's Friday. Uh, he'll be signing autographs between 5 and 6.30. Make sure you get down to the club shop. Right, West Brom uh, is where we're headed uh, on the weekend. The league leaders, no less, just to make things a lot easier for us, of course. Uh, I spoke to Joe Massey uh, from the Express and Star, the local paper uh, up there, to ask him how the fans are feeling after the start of the season. Unsurprisingly, they're pretty happy. Um, yes, mate. Yeah, pretty well. I mean, to be honest, they're going not, not way better than anyone expected, but, I mean, that's... Obviously, everyone expected Albion to be up there, really, um, at the start of the season. They are one of the biggest clubs in the division, but whether they expected it to go quite this well is another thing. I mean, there was quite a big turnover um, of players in the summer. Lost some real big hitters um, in Jay Rodriguez and Dwight Gale, um, who basically they, they relied on for goals off season. They just relied on those two players. Um, but... Over the summer, the recruitment was just absolutely outstanding. So the mixture of uh, picking players from the championship, like Darnell Furlong and Romain Sawyers, um, they've just done really, really well. And then and Samir Jai, um, centre-back from Rotherham. Um, <clears throat> and then just sprinkling it with a little bit of magic, which is what they've really got in Mateus Pereira, who's on, on loan from Sport in Lisbon. But, I mean, being honest, he, he looks the best player in the division. He's, he's now an out number 10. Um, but he's just absolutely magic to watch. Um, he really is a wonderful footballer. Um, and then Grady Dean Garner as well on, on the left wing, who <clears throat> Slavin Bilic sort of called in a favour from West Ham to get him on loan. Um, and those two really, I mean, they are the, 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 in, the, in the first in like this opening spur of the season. They really they've looked too good for the division. They really have been. They really are something special. Um, and then you throw in all the other good signings they've made, plus the experienced heads they've got with the likes of Jake Livermore and Sam Johnson as well, really, in goal. Um, and the team is just very, very well balanced. Um, and Billich has just got them in playing in this really sort of attacking style where they're, they're so entertaining to watch and they, and they create just numerous chances. Yeah, you mentioned Slavin Billich as well, of course, coming in uh, during the summer. How has he settled in at the club? Obviously, from the outside looking in, things seem to have gone well but sometimes it can take a while for a manager to build a team in his image but he seems to have pretty much got it got it sorted straight away yeah I mean he deserves huge credit for that um, when you think of uh, like the, the amount I think of 10 signings they made overall in the summer it was it was a big turnover of players of course he's a new manager new ideas um, for his first time in the championship but I mean, I can't, I honestly can't speak highly enough of him. Like, I mean, obviously speak to him at press conferences and after games, but you couldn't, you really couldn't meet a nicer bloke. He's so approachable. He, he's just, he's just so humble is, is, the, is the best way to describe him. Um, no, no ego whatsoever. I mean, he's Slavin Village. Everyone in football knows him. Um, but there's no ego at all. Um, and he's just, in terms of his man management, it's just absolutely spot on straight away. The players, 
they just they just want to play for him. He's just the type of guy you want to play for. They're all running through brick walls for him. Um, he's just fitted in seamlessly on and off the pitch. Um, it's just it, it feels like such a great fit with, with, with Slavin. So. Yeah, I mean, it was a long, drawn-out process to get a manager in. It went on a little bit longer than fans would have liked, but in the end, it was he was definitely, definitely worth the wait because so far he just couldn't have done any better. And after the heartbreak of losing in the playoff semi-finals last year, was there ever any remnants of a sort of hangover from that around the club in the summer, or was it? Do you think with the the major turnover, they were sort of able to put that behind them quite quickly? Yeah, I think that helped them put it behind them quite quickly really um, and, and he is the village factor um, he, is, he is a complete breath of fresh air it, it, the style's so different from last season I didn't, I didn't actually cover them last season um, but from talking to fans even even when they won games by like fairly convincing scorelines that they were always on edge that they, they, they were I, don't, I can't, can't think what the word is but they were never, they were never really they weren't overly convincing mm. um, whereas this season they you can, you, can, you can be incredibly relaxed watching them because you know they, they are going to create chances. They've just got too much going forward. Billich plays this four-two-three-one system and it's all about those three, basically, behind the striker, which, when everyone's fit, is Grady Diangana, Mateus Pereira and Matt Phillips. Um, and those three players are just exceptional, really, at championship level. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a strange thing to watch them, but, but I mean, they've come, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head now, because it's, it's a championship and it seems like there's a game every day. Um, but there was, a, I think they, at one stage, they come from behind to take points from seven out of eight games. Mm. Um, anyway, whatever it is, it's like really high number of games they've come back in. Um, like Tuesday night, for example, they were 2-0 down against Barnsley. They had Cardiff at home a couple of weeks ago. Um so not Cardiff Huddersfield when they fell behind again. But you sit there and you watch them, and and you know that you know they're going to get back into it um, purely because of the the amount of chances they create. And um, so yeah, it's just that sort of hangover from last season. Everyone's just the long thing of Albion is how how long Tony Pulis was there and sort of that football and fans got so tired of that. So to now have Slaven Village playing in this attacking way, um, fans are just enjoying it so much. Mm. So. Last season, to be honest, it's just it's, it's forgotten. Everyone has quickly moved on. Yeah, and you mentioned that game against Barnsley in midweek. Um, obviously, Barnsley bottom of the league, but they they came to the Hawthorns and got two goals ahead, and in the end, were able to stop that free game winning run that West Brom had at home. What was it that Barnsley did that Charlton might want to try and do when when we come to the the Hawthorns on Saturday? Um, what's well, gonna? I think it's gonna be interesting. I, I mean, I, I like Lee Bowie. I followed his career quite quite closely. I know he's very very tactically astute. I know he, I know he, know, he, he freshens things up, doesn't he, tactically mm. to to really like to sort of to get the best out of the opposition. Well, to make to get the worst out of the opposition, really. But you know what I'm trying to say. But um, what Barnsley did was, and it's not happened to Albion this season, really. Was they they basically played with a flat back five. Um, and then a couple of midfielders in front of them as well. Um, they were so, they were they were just so 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 defensive, um, and they just made made sure that there was no space. It was absolutely the middle of the park was so congested. Albion just couldn't play their little through balls, their little clever passes through the likes of Pereira and Dean Garner, um, and. They just massively, massively frustrated them. Um, it's as simple as that. They just had bodies in the way practically every time Albion came forward. Um, I mean, the goals Barnsley scored were spectacular, really. Um, first goal, really, really good header from Corley Woodrow. Uh, the second goal, screamer, 25-yard screamer. Um, so they really... I mean, it was a typical sit-back-and-hit-on-the-counter. And they only really had... Two chance. Well, I mean, you can't even call the second goal a chance, but <clears throat> they took the goals really well, um, and that's how they got ahead. But yeah, obviously, I've been after the break. They got a bit of luck because the first goal they got back was an own goal, um, and then Pereira popped up quite late on to get the equaliser. Mm. So, how do you see Saturday's game going? Then, I guess West Brom will be looking to get back to winning ways. Yeah, yeah, they'll be looking. They'll be, uh, it's interesting because they're not the home form isn't as good as the away form. I think if you look at the away form, they're, they're, they've got the best away form in the division. I think home form they're about seventh. Um, but yeah, but I don't think anyone will underestimate Charlton. Um, I think 
I mean, it looks like you've got quite a lot of injuries, um, and obviously Lecco and Field won't be able to be involved either. So, it looks, I, don't, I think if, if it's a tight game, Albion might fancy it. The longer it goes, in terms of like making changes and things, Albion will really be able to freshen it up. They've got a really strong bench. Yeah. Um, but the truth is, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Lee Bowie came and did a job on like did a job on them. It's just, and I'm sure, I'm sure you will frustrate Albion. Um, but I expect an Albion win just because of the quality of the likes of Pereira and Dean Garner. You just they're just so they're just so hard to stop basically. And if, if Dean Garner has an off day, Pereira might be on it. If Pereira has an off day, Matt Phillips might be on it. Still got Charlie Austin in that mix. There's just so much up top that only takes one or two of them to click, and you you do expect Albion to score goals. So there we go. It does not get any easier by the sound of it. Um, Joe there from the uh, uh, from the Express and Star. I mean, obviously West Brom are a good team and they and they've started very well th- this season and they've got a hell of a lot of you know former Premier League players in some cases, but they've got a hell of a lot of firepower going forward as well. But as I said there when I was chatting with Joe, you know Barnsley went and did something on on on, on Tuesday evening to get a two goal lead, ended up finishing two two, but. You know, this is the championship, and if Barnsley bottom of the league had beaten West Brom top of the league, that would have been the most championship result of all time. I mean, teams yeah. are there to be got at, no matter where they're sat in this league. Yeah, I mean, they've they've been brilliant, West Brom. Um, they're still unbeaten. That that shows that that they've got that fight to even when they're playing badly to come out and still still get a point. But um, look, let's not write this Charlton team off. Let's not doubt for any second that an injury crisis Charlton team could go to anywhere and get get something from it um, I do think it's going to be a bit more of a backs to the wall job on Saturday than it has been in previous matches indeed I think it'll be more a backs to the wall job than it was against Fulham and, and, and Leeds and um, it's, an, it's a, going to be a new challenge for us with these injuries to try and play through that we're going to have to try and play perhaps a different style and, and perhaps play with a, a totally new formation who knows but um, I'll I mean, West Brom, you, f- you feel like will will be a bit more jubilant after getting that late equaliser because they know they can still come away with with results. But equally, they should be disappointed. That's a side that's not got a manager at the moment. I'm correct; they've not appointed anyone since Stendhal left, have they? Don't think so. So you know, it's a team that's that's, that's struggling this season, and they've still come and scored two goals mm. to begin with. Yeah, they've thrown the, the lead away, but if West Brom should be looking at it as some sort of concern. So. Um, I mean, be interested to see what we do with our injuries and, and how that's going to work. Yeah, yeah. So I'm beating at home all season. West Brom in the league, they did lose at home to Millwall in the EFL Cup, so they are definitely gettable. Um, only one <laughs> defeat all season in the league away at Leeds United, so it's taken a, a good team to go and beat them. I mean, we'll, we'll look at ourselves, Nath. I mean, it's a selection headache in terms of I mean, how is Bayer going to set up in in a formation? How is he going to find the bodies to fill that formation? Because we are very light. I mean, for example, Baron Carr thought he did quite well. He did okay yesterday, actually, when he in when he made his full debut. Obviously, I don't think he lasted but about an hour before he came off. So, will he be fit enough to go for another hour minimum? Um, we know we're missing Lecco. We know we're missing now Field as well. All the injuries that that, that have come in. Um, will there be a start for Erinos Tuma? Will there be a start for Chucks and Nike? Um, a lot of questions there that, that Bay is going to have to try and find an answer for. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few. He's just trying to count the players. It wasn't so long ago. He was saying it was a nice headache to have with having everyone fit. Yeah, yeah. And now it's um, we're back to the norm of trying, you know, square pegs and round holes. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we set up. I still think. Um, I don't think Chuck's a start. I think he'll, like Greg said earlier, I think he might start that little bit more defensive. Um, still take the game to him and try and catch him on a break. I don't think we're, we're Bose is ever going to park the bus. He's not one of the managers, but um, I think we'll probably try and nick something in a set piece or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I reckon, I think Erhan might start. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, like Greg said, it's that left that that, that left wing back position for me is a concern. Yeah, I mean, who, I mean, who do, do you think that'll be Solly then? I, I would imagine it would be Solly and Deji. I would imagine um, yeah. unless, Deji on the right hand side. Unless, well, I know Ben wasn't that far away a couple of weeks ago, but I don't know if he's just not that fit yet, or they don't want to risk him. Is that why Alfie might come back? You'd imagine it's a big risk to put Alfie away at the top of the league, isn't it? You'd imagine if he was fit, he would have been on the bench at mm. least on yesterday. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm not too confident that Ben's going to be able to make it. I'm kind of with you. I think 
Souls will have to come in at left back again. I, I can't, unless we're going to play Naby Sar there or Doughty if he's going to be returning. Mm. But that's a, that's a bit of a, a risk if you ask me. I think if it wasn't against West Brom, I'd be tempted just to play Nabs there, Naby Sar there, and 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 play Piercy and and Tom Lock who is centre halves. But I, I think away from home, you're you're asking a lot for for someone to play who's a centre half to play left back. Obviously, we're we're lacking bodies in the team. Where we're not lacking bodies is in on the terraces. I mean, there's another yeah. sellout away end, and I mean, if the the boys are going to need that support, aren't they? And I I'll say I'll say it on 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 Sunday show the amount we took yesterday was so good. Thirteen hundred yep. on on a Wednesday night to Bristol, and over two thousand going. I think it is, or just under. Uh, up to the Hawthorns and every Poyers team is going to need uh, every single one of them. Right, let's have a look at some predictions then. Stubbly? I reckon one all draw. I reckon yeah. one nick, nick a point. Bite your hand off for that right now. But I mean, we said that we're probably going to win 10 nil or something, but no. <laughs> I'm going to go with um, nil nil. Yeah, see, we never ever predict a defeat on the show, do we? Yet sometimes I, I, we actually... Yeah, I w- actually yeah, was going to okay. do that today and I thought, you know what, I'm going <laughs> to... I was going to say, that's not what you're saying to me. Yeah, <laughs> I was I've st- in my heart. I think, <laughs> think we've done defeat, but I'm, for the show, I'm going to say it's a draw. Yeah, yeah, we've convinced you otherwise. I think. Yeah, excellent stuff. Right. Five so nil. I mean, it doesn't work if if you're trying to pretend that you're not predicting a defeat to then say it on the show. <laughs> but anyway, we've run out of time on this evening's big match preview. Thank you. Uh, to listening uh, to us. I hope you've enjoyed our change of location. I hope you haven't really noticed, but for us, we're in this really small, hot room. Yeah, it's very warm. Uh, it's we're very all topless at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, that is standard, to be fair, but we are topless. Is that better um, than uh... Yeah. <laughs> More exciting then. Right, end of the show. Um, uh, Nathan, thanks for seeing, uh, for coming in. Good to see you. <laughs> Lovely, cheers. Yeah, and an absolute pleasure to have Valley Pass commentator and friend of the show, Greg Stubbers Stubbly on. Good to see you, Stubbers. Good to be back, mate. Excellent stuff. I've been Louis Meadows. I hope you've enjoyed this evening's big match preview. We'll be back here on Sunday to look back at whatever happens up at the, Haw- the Hawthorns. Let's hope it is some form of good result for the addicts. We shall see you later. <laughs> Charles and Charles and